Kia ora, and welcome to another edition of the GeoDorable podcast with your hosts, Chris Morris and Mark Thompson. For more information on this episode, visit the GeoDorable page on Facebook. Hello, Chris. Hey, Mark. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Uh, well, I was just going to say, in light of our recent uh, reading figures, or listening figures, we should be more international with our introduction. We should. Uh, a big uh, konnichiwa out to uh, all our Japanese listeners who suddenly are flocking to us. Yes, um, making bold statements like we like usually do. Uh, we could be the number one just special podcast in English in Japan. Oh, I think that's. I think that's probably true, Mark. Surely it must be. <laughs> yeah. So that's a nice surprise. But hello to all our other international listeners. Yeah, we're uh, welcome on board. We're uh, a podcast all about spatial, uh, spatial news, spatial items, GIS, um, kind of vaguely based in New Zealand, but obviously uh, not always. Well, yeah, sometimes New Zealand isn't the most happening geospatial place, so we, we source news from other places. How dare you say that, Mark? How dare you? <laughs> okay, New Zealanders aren't very good at publicising what they're doing. Oh, definitely not. Well, the news at the moment is a little bit overtaken by the election. Yes, but I could ask you when was the last time you saw a spatial news item on mainstream media. But anyway, moving on, disclaimer time. Uh, <laughs> um, views and opinions are of our own and not related to anyone we work for. Yes, indeed. Uh, and we say that every week, uh, just because it seems as though we should. Not quite sure why, but... Um, well, hmm. yeah, just so you know. Yeah, just, you know, just... And the views are our own, you know. It's, uh, I guess it is important to say so. Yeah. Um, and if you want to get in touch with us, we'd love to hear from you. We could. So we have a, a fantastic Facebook page full of news. Uh, that's at um, Facebook uh, slash Geodorable. Yep. And you can get us on the Twitter. Uh, my Geodorable. Um, yep. And uh, at Gmail, uh, which is uh, geodorable at gmail.com. Yeah. So get in touch. We'd love to hear from you, especially if you're listening in a foreign country. Uh, yeah, we have Google Translate. We can we can do things with that, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, although if you're listening, I, I imagine you can probably speak English quite well. Or you're learning, in which case, if you are learning for us, apologies for the uh, the New Zealand accent uh, and the English accent. What, you, yeah, I was going to say, your, your New Zealand accent. Might well, yeah. Your fashion chops. <laughs> Well, uh, the uh, the end of the music. I think that's always a good time to uh, to talk about um, special news, Mark. Yeah, let's do it. Special news. Right. So this is an interesting blog we've come across. It is. I was going to say we haven't had a uh, a drone story in literally um, weeks. I guess. No, that's because you came back from the UC and said drones are dead. Well, that's true. Along with satellites. Yeah. Maybe not quite those words. So, Mark, have you ever been... um, Have you ever been to the beach and uh, you're sitting there quietly watching your kids play and then suddenly you hear the sound of angry bees swarming overhead? No, I haven't. Oh, okay. But I know where you're going with this one. Well, so I think the one thing that annoys people about drones, other than privacy issues and so forth, is the whiny little sound their motors make as they fly overhead. It is quite distinctive. It is. You, you certainly uh, you certainly know there's a drone about when you hear it. Yeah. 
Um, and so, uh, DGI, the... Uh, well, everyone's favourite drone company. They are everybody's favourite drone company. Um, they've developed a, a new drone, or rather they've upgraded uh, the DGI Maverick um, drone. Now now it's the Pro Platinum. And I was going to si- quiz you on that. What would, what would you call it? It was called the, the Pro. Well, it's just called the, no, it's just called the Maverick. And now it's the Pro Platinum, I think. <laughs> Um, but it's uh, 60, uh, 60% less noisy than um, than the previous model. Well, yeah, so for those of the people who actually care about facts and figures, that is 4 decibels. Which is pretty quiet, eh? No, no, it's only quieter by 4 decibels. It doesn't make 4 decibels of noise. That's like a pin dropping. Well, yeah, so that, yeah. Okay, fair enough. Um, so 4 decibels, logarithmic, logarithmic scale, yeah. Okay, it's good. Um, so what else does the Pro Platinum do? But they have increased flight time by 11%. Which uh, which doesn't actually sound that uh, that much, but it means um, you get 30 minutes of uh, airtime. Well, no, you get an additional three minutes of battery life. Yeah, sorry. which takes you up to about 30 minutes. Yeah, sorry, when I read that, I was like, these are small numbers, but what small the- small things. Yeah, but I mean, uh, I think people are used to drones where they kind of—they're lucky if they get 15 minutes out of it. So you know, having a having a drone in stay airport for 30 minutes is pretty good. Yeah, you do have to wonder about privacy issues if the thing is now quieter, because most if you've seen those people annoyed by drones videos on YouTube, um, most of them because they can hear it. So you're saying they're they're, they're becoming more stealthy? Surely they're more yeah. stealthy drones. I don't know. Anyway, it's it's one of these things. Um, you know. I, I suspect we're going to see uh, uh, a bunch of, uh, of other drones go down this way, get quieter, less obtrusive. Um, they've uh, they've also with this one they've made it more aerodynamic, um, so I assume it go faster. But uh, who knows? Sure. But, and seeing it's the Pro Platinum, it's now got a platinum coloured shell. And price uh, has increased uh, a little bit, so it's uh, it's just over a thousand um, US dollars. I think it is. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, if I was given one, oh, I'd yeah. probably play with it. I, I'm not going to go and buy one. Though. I just, I'm just not excited enough. To what did you do in your, your spare time? Well, this weekend I went and droned on my neighbours. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yes. So enough of that. Spatial news. But continuing the uh, the drone story. Um, so this is this is quite recent, I think it is. So um, the U.S. Army has uh, has been using DJI drones for quite a while, apparently. Um, yeah. So they are the approved. They were or are were the approved drone uh, for off-the-shelf supplies. Now, where's DJI produced, Mark? China. Hmm. Um, and I think, uh, as is always the case, um, there was suspicion from the US about China, and, and uh, <laughs> I think you might be drawing a long bow there. Um, possibly. Let's um, <laughs> not read it between the lines. No, no, they just that, did this. that China was spying <laughs> through their drone. Next, next to always HTC made. Ooh, they're in China as well, and all their telecommunications is HTC hardware or Huawei. Sorry. Yeah, one of them. Huawei. 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 Anyway, yeah, getting back to the story. Uh, so the US Army a little bit concerned about uh, their Chinese drones. Um, well, no, no. <laughs> what? You're, you're putting Chinese and security in the same sentence. 
they found a cyber vulnerability with it. Not because they were made in China, just because of the hardware, firmware, etc. Okay, I mean, I think you're, you're, you're pulling the teeth out of this story, Mark. Okay, we'll just stick. So China's been spying on the US military. Thank God we're getting somewhere, finally. Jeez. <laughs> By covertly selling them drones. Okay, so that might not be true. Probably not. <laughs> yeah, there's no fact to back that up. No, no. Anyway, what's happened is uh, um, the army decided not to be using those drones because of their cyber vulnerability. So I think DJI came out with a quick fix, which was to uh, which was to basically switch off um, the drone's capability to uh, serve data as it was flying. Was there was there a problem? Yeah, local data mode. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, DJI are seventy percent of the global commercial consumer drone market. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think you know the Phantom. Lots of people have seen those uh, flying around. Yeah. yeah anyway, um, so yeah, if, if you if you're worried about China spying on you, uh, um, you can go buy a drone. Basically. You can buy. No, you can switch to local data mode, and you'll be fine. Wow. Okay. So um, let's move on before uh, before I get into more trouble. Spatial news. Books, Mark. Books. Books. You love a good book, Chris. I do. And uh, if you combine a, the lover of a good book with the love of a good map, or at least a map story, uh, you then, get the Esri map book every year. Well, that's just pictures. I like. I like text. I like to read. Anyway, um, <laughs> sorry. As an aside, I did have to explain to my wife what it was. What? What was? When I emptied out my conference bag, and she's like, "What's this?" It's like, "It's the map book." We actually have it at work on the coffee table. It's become a coffee table notebook. Okay. Anyway, um, came across uh, came across this new book that's just uh, just been released, uh, Beyond the Map by Anne, uh, Alistair Bonnet. Um, and uh, I'll just I'll just read you the the, the front here. So, uh, geography is getting stranger. There are uh, fleets of new islands under construction and eye-wateringly insane micro-nations are struggling into the light. Unseen rivers are tumbling under uh, sleeping cities uh, and one secret fantasy gardens are cracking open their doors, etc, etc, etc. So basically it's a book all about um, kind of the secrets of geography and the secret places uh, around the world um, that uh, that are are kind of coming into existence for various reasons. it sounds, at least it reads, like a really interesting book. Yeah, so you don't... Geography kind of gets a boring name. Mmm. Can't believe um, it. <laughs> but this, uh, this book actually seems to, I don't know, find some interesting... Expose some of the interesting aspects of geography that so, people don't normally understand. Yeah, so some of the chapters on Ruli Islands... Uh, uh, enclaves and uncertain nations, utopian places, ghostly places, and hidden places. Um, so you know a whole kind of uh, story there about, um, yeah, I, I guess geography. So I don't yeah. know. That looks, that's, that looks so if good. you've got a geographer in your life and you're wanting to buy them a present, uh, yeah, and it's not too expensive. What's that? Seventeen dollars, seventeen US dollars for hardcover. So not too yeah. bad. And by the time Christmas comes along, it'll be cheaper. It will. Yeah. Topic of the week. Not quite. That was just me pressing the wrong button. I'm quite confused. Spatial news. Right. Not topic of the week yet. No, sorry. (laughs) So what's this one about? Uh, Mapping international trade. Now, you found this, so I'm going to let you talk about it. Ah, this is very interesting. We were just 
going through a, a briefing before the show, mm-hmm. and we got stuck into uh, why Angola is trading with Portugal. And why is that, Mike? Uh, because Angola was colonised by Portugal, Chris. There we go. There we go. Um, so this is up on uh, GeoAwesomeness, GeoDrobe's website, and they've made a really, really, really cool 3D map globe of um, which countries trade with which countries. Um, and it's full of little dots flying all over the place. <laughs> um, but the aspect I like the most is that you can click on individual countries yep. and um, see who they're actually trading with. A lot of people trade with China. A huge number of people trade with China, don't they? It's, it's unbelievable, actually. Um, yeah. So basically, yeah, you've got the country outline, you click on a country, uh, and then you've got um, a whole bunch of little coloured dots representing different types of trade, and they're either flowing into the country or flowing out of the country. It's, yeah. It's really one of these real kind of... Uh, you start clicking on things, go, really? They trade with them? Who'd have thought it? And, um, well, yeah. in the light of Brexit and uh, things happening in the States and across Europe, you can sort of see... Um, why some people are so concerned or some countries because you're looking at, at, at Great Britain yep. going they actually trade with a lot of other countries that Europeans don't yeah um, so for instance like France so much of it is internal yep um, I think yeah. what I, found, I find really interesting is um, you click on the US and obviously there's huge amounts of trade from all over the globe, you know, both income and, uh, and exports. And then you click on uh, Canada. <laughs> Canada. <laughs> and so, yeah, the, all the trade is just with the States. Or, you know, there's yeah. bits and pieces of well, yeah. but you know, vast 80, majority. 80-90%. A little bit from Mexico. Yeah. Um, mm. But yeah, it, China, it's, of course. Uh, it's a really cool visualisation. Uh, and one of those things that yeah, you could play around with it for hours. Yeah. Mm. So we'll stick a link up to that on our website, or our, oh, not our website, our Facebook page or our Twitter. Yep. Spatial news. Uh, so Mark, what week is it? Uh, I don't know, 34th? No. Uh, it's... Um, Rio uh, week, isn't it? <laughs> oh, right. Murray Language Week. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Sorry, I'm slightly confused there, as you uh, may have told. Fair enough. Anyway, this is, uh, this is a pretty cool map um, uh, produced by Vodafone in, in New Zealand. Uh, and basically, uh, it allows you to click anywhere in New Zealand and get the uh, Maori pronunciation for that location. Now, Chris, as a uh, as a recent immigrant to New Zealand, mm-hmm. do you find this map useful to help you pronouncing Taronga right? Yeah, I, th- I think it's actually quite interesting. Um, there's a whole bunch of places that I kind of look at, and, and um, I've never I've never had to pronounce or even know how to pronounce. <laughs> It's quite, it's, yeah, yeah, I quite like it actually. Yeah, it, it is. So it's a Google map with a bunch of, I presume, KML on top of it. Um, you but click on the map and then there's a, a little icon that um, plays the, the voice. For, yeah, know, so how do you think map. they did that? Do you think it's pronunciation, like um, character recognition, or do you mm-hmm. think someone's actually sat down and recorded all the million place names there are? Uh, I'm expecting the former, but I quite like the idea of the latter. (laughs) 
I've been working on it for three years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. just for this uh, this week. Yeah, and and the uh, the lady he's doing it has been able to charge more and more money. Yep, because she kept on. She kept threatening to leave. <laughs> uh, it's uh, I quite like it. It's interesting. Um, it is. Yeah. Spatial news. OGC Mark. OG Cyprus. Um, OGC, who we love and hate, love and hate, love and dislike, love and find awkward. Mm. <laughs> because we're slightly, we slightly like Esri. Yeah. On this yeah. podcast, and and there is a tension between Esri and OGC. There is a little bit, isn't there? Uh, especially seeing they refuse to accept the uh, Esri rest endpoint. Hmm. Um, as an open standard. Even though lots of people now use it. Yes, and it would be much better in New Zealand if we actually had that as an open standard. Anyway, getting back to the news story, Mark. <laughs> so the reason we're talking about OGC is they've announced a new 3D standard. A streaming 3D standard. 3D, yes, yeah, streaming 3D standard. But the good news is is that uh, it was supported by Esri. Yeah, so this is the um, I3S standard. I3S, yes. It's been around for a little while, actually. And SLP. SLPK? Uh-huh. Um, they're the Seamlayer packages. Um, but yeah, they have been around for a little bit, but uh, I guess this is uh, this is pretty good news from OGC. Um, well, considering how long it takes OGC to <laughs> sign stuff up. Um, yeah, congratulations to the guys who actually pushed it through. Yeah, I'm sure it, it was uh, an awful lot of work to, to manage it. Yeah, and not a lot of funding, I imagine. No, probably not. Um, so yeah, this is good news. It means that we can have more interoperability between our our softwares. I feel as though we should have one more news item to end on a high note, but um, I'm not sure if we do. So, okay. Uh, well, unless you unless you have anything special, Mark, you've kept hidden. No. Yeah, shame. Um, so uh, it's time for top of the week, Mark. It is, and are you going to play the music? Topic of the week. I was so hoping to segue into that nicely, but failed completely. Uh, yeah, we're, 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 we're a little off, uh, off the game today, I think. Huh? Okay. Anyway. Um, topic of the week. So, last podcast, we reviewed all the uh, major major minor parties in New Zealand mm-hmm. for their views on open data yep on GIS yep and ge- geography no yeah spatial things open data spatial yeah yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah we well, well I suppose wasn't it wasn't enough was it I mean you know we're, we're, we're here for our listeners and uh, yeah well there's uh, quite a few parties who were lacking so, you know, the National Party actually had a spatial um, policy, mm-hmm. which was quite good. And the Greens talked about open data, yep. which was quite good. Um, Labour were severely lacking. Didn't say much, no. Um, and so were ACT. So we thought, well, let's give them the voice. You know, we, we could try and talk for them, but why don't we give them the voice? So what we did is we uh, we emailed uh, each one of the uh, political parties and um, asked them some pretty basic stuff. Just you know, 
what's your, you know, can you point us to your policy documents on? Uh, and basically, it was uh, open data uh, and um, spatial, so the, you know, the, the spatial industry in general, um, just to find out what, what it was that um, they had to, to offer. Well, yeah, and it, it's not just spatial. It's like we wanted to know what you're doing to support our industry because we yep. care about our industry. We do. I mean, that's why we do this podcast, eh, Mark? <laughs> yes, it is. And so we said, yeah, exactly what you said. What are you saying about open data and what are you doing to support our industry? Now, the interesting thing here is there are, how many, how many do we email? We, uh, National, Labour, Greens, New Zealand First. Opportunities. Um, Act as well, I think. Yep. Uh, so we emailed all of those, uh, all of those and... Uh, the same people we re- reviewed yep. last week. And asked the questions. Now, Mark, how many responses did we get? Well, it depends on your version of response. I think everyone actually responded. Yeah, they did. Yep. Some of them were automated. <laughs> a few of them were automated, uh, and um, and that's okay. You know, at least at least we heard one. Sure. Uh, yeah. You know, we appreciate you getting in touch with us. Yeah. Um, but the actual the actual parties that we got a proper response from uh, was first the uh, the opportunities party. You came back to us really quickly. Um, really quickly and really well. Yeah, and I guess that's that's perhaps the advantage of not having much else to do. Um, <laughs> no, you know what I mean. You know, they're a smaller party. They're, they're more they flexible. are a smaller party. Yeah. And, yeah, I don't know, maybe people in that party are more enthusiastic. About, yeah, well, that's actually interesting. We'll come on to their, their, kind of their vision in a second. Uh, the other party that got back to us really quick was Greens. Um, they, they came back to us and talked about their policy. Yeah. Um, we got a, a response from Labour. Um, it was actually quite nice email. They apologised for not getting us back to us more quickly. Uh, yeah, they were quite late in coming back to us. They, they were. Uh, and then they, they didn't actually provide us an answer. Um, well, but they, they did suggest that they, you know, we would get an answer at some point in the future from um, their land... <laughs> Was it called their land specialist? I think it was something like I, th- I think they have to form a working group. They possibly do, because um, um, they're not quite sure what their policy is. But it's okay; you can trust them. Mark, easy target. Um, and then national. I'm afraid we didn't get any response from national, other than uh, we did get an email uh, from. Uh, well, yes, this is this is interesting. You we got the courtesy. Thanks for getting in touch with us. We'll get back to you. And now you've subscribed us to the national. <laughs> Um, party mailing list. Not not intentionally, <laughs> but we, we did get so, a nice email from um, from Mary English. Mary English. I mean, how nice was who's, that? Who's the the wife of the current Prime Minister Bill English? And we got some family photos with it. Do you want know so weird? I can imagine our international listeners going, "You got an email from the Prime Minister's wife? What? <laughs> how does that work? This is New Zealand, people. Um, this happens. You know? It does happen." Um, yeah. I, I, did I did I, I regale you with the story when I first got, a, got on a plane in New Zealand? To, I was flying down to Wellington. Um, we were a little late in taking off, and that was because the Prime Minister was getting on board our flight, and he sat in front of me. Yeah, I've had, I've, sat, I've actually sat between beside quite a few ministers um, very, on my flights strange. to Wellington. What do you say? Do you talk to them? Um, yeah, actually, Tony Ryle, who's not an MP anymore, but he was really nice to talk to. Um, a green candidate. She was she was good. Yeah. Um, Simon Bridges, who's my local MP, he's actually a drummer. So we talked about drums. <laughs> Is he? Yes. That's he's gone up in my estimation. Um, so, yeah, but in in general, um, 
they're pretty tired or they're reading lots of paper. That's when I was sitting behind uh, John Keir was at the time, and you know, like you're sitting behind, you can see the, through the gap in the, between the, the chairs. <laughs> Just like going, this is quite interesting. Um, I wonder what he's reading. Were you reading National Secrets? No, of course I wasn't. Of course I wasn't. But it was interesting that you could, if you'd wanted to. Fortunately, you know, I, was, I have no interest. In. Um, but yeah, quite quite funny that um, yeah, that, that, that's how things work over here. Anyway, we're kind of getting a little bit off topic. Yeah, or maybe topic. Mary English is a listener now. I'm not sure she is. I mean, that's where the extra uh, downloads came from. National yes. party. <laughs> so anyway, should we, should we start off with the uh, the opportunities party? Uh, yes, yeah, so summarising the two responses we got from all the parties, which is poor. Yeah, come on, there's an election coming on. You know, they're busy. Yeah, they're busy electioneering. Yes, anyway. So um, the opportunities party kind of surprised me, actually. Um, I hadn't, I hadn't kind of perhaps taken them as seriously as uh, as perhaps I should have done. Well, but they're taking themselves quite seriously. I really enjoyed reading their policy document. And God, I can't believe I've just said that. Um, <laughs> because how often do you ever enjoy reading a policy document? Well, they've got, um, I don't know if you've seen their YouTube videos of yeah, yeah, yeah. policy in a minute or tax in a minute yeah. or yeah. what have you. And they're actually quite good. And it's a shame... I don't know, it's sort of banded with the, uh, the angry cat person. <laughs> uh, yes, okay. Um, but yeah, I, I like a bit of uh, outside-the-box thinking. Yep. So um, they referred to their policy document, and they referred to a couple of places in their document where, uh, where they thought we'd find some interest. So um, section three was about uh, empowerment of people. Um, and there was a whole lot of, uh, of interesting um, ideas in there. Um, yeah, the concepts of, of, of actually getting community support and community engagement and actually asking them what they thought uh, and so forth, which I thought was quite interesting. Um, yeah. But the real juicy bits was in uh, Chapter 6. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, in which... Just scrolling down that Chapter 6 now. <laughs> um, well, where do you want to start? So... Um, there is an urgent need for more open and transparent government, starting with greater investment in open data, more independent evaluation of policies, uh, and a refreshed approach to official information. Yeah, I mean, in terms of um, in terms of ticking boxes, uh-huh. that ticked a few boxes for me. Well, I, th- I think yeah, that concept of um, yeah, transparent government. Yep, fair enough. Um, We'd, we'd, we all like to see that, but you know, actually, investment in open data, investment in it, and independent evaluation of policies. And we've talked about this in previous podcasts, Chris, where organisations don't release their data because they haven't sanitised it or presented it in the way that they wanted to tell the story. Sure, and would rather just, you know, WikiLeaks the thing, let the data out there, and then people can go and, and uh, investigate it themselves. Yep. Um, so yeah, we 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 like the top response. Yeah, and it was it was good to get a response so quickly, and and the fact that they were able to just go right, yeah, this is this is this is the policy, and this is where you should be looking. Yeah, uh, I thought it was pretty impressive. So uh, thank you, top. Yeah, for, for responding. <laughs> yes, yeah, very kind of them. Um, now the Green Party, they also sent through a policy document. They uh, did kind of uh, a little I, th- I think uh, I read through this as well interesting perhaps it's a policy thing they also had six points 
<laughs> do you reckon that's, that's, that's how you do it these days? It's kind of, I think so. Yeah, policies has to be six, six points. It's really like. So um, their policy was research, science and technology. That, that, that's where um, they felt that they could best uh, help our industry uh, and, and open data. Um, I don't know, Mark, what did you think? Um, yeah, I, 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 I suppose I'm a little bit biased to read through their policies. Okay. Um, but there's a few things that concern me. Oh, okay. Um, I mean, you're really talking about Article 10 on their structures list, or Item 10. Mm-hmm. Is that right, where they want to promote open data and data sharing, which is great. Um, and all the results of publicly funded research published and held in the public domain with those proceeds going back to the to the funding pool. Yep. Um, which means that someone else is dishing out the money. You know how there's no such thing as an independent um, person who gives out money? <laughs> Everybody always has a, an interest somewhere else. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. It seems a little bit more controlling than I'd like. Um, but good to see that they actually well, uh, want more of it I, I guess it's if you compare the language uh, between the opportunities party and, and the, you know the, the green party uh, you know in the opportunities party there is a positive statement yeah. you know um, there is an urgent need for more open and transparent government starting with greater investment in open data right and then you've got the green party who are basically saying we're going to promote open data and data sharing and that's you know it's it's literally whatever that is six words um yeah promote open data and data sharing there's there's no investment there's no uh you know, well there's no reason why they no. want to do it no. whereas the opportunities party actually say look this is better for transparent government yeah yeah so uh, good on the greens for actually well, getting back to us and uh, having uh, having open data in their statement and it's pretty good I mean it's not bad it's not bad um, you know <laughs> uh, yeah um, now for for Labour we are waiting to hear back from uh, Raymond Raymond Huey, I think we said Howie Huey. Um, wow. I, I how? Yeah, wow. sorry, you're right. How? Raymond How, who's the land information I think, spokesperson? I think Wow. Okay. Um, <laughs> so you know, at least we know who's who's going to get back to us. Um, we don't know when. We don't know when, but we, we look forward to, to hearing back from them. Um, from the working party. Yeah. Um, national well it was nice to get the email from uh, Mary English Mary English um, you know thanks for that yeah but we would like to hear a bit more about their, their um, policies around open data and, and spatial I guess in, in some ways it's a little bit unfair because um, you know as we established uh, last week there's a shed load of stuff on their website already um, about open, you know, open data yeah there is but we were specific with our spatial industry bent yep Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, uh, one thing to note about Mary English or Anne Bill English is their children look less dull than he is. <laughs> okay, he looks. Sorry, not than he is. Then he looks. Okay. Um, so who else do we need to hear from? Uh, oh, well, we haven't heard from ACT. We haven't heard from Labour, and we haven't heard from National Party. Well, we're going to keep an eye out for those, um, and it's, it'll be hot off the press if we hear anything back by next week. Um, we'll be yeah. uh, sure to promote it. Um, 
I'm actually quite looking forward to the election. I can, I, you know, the uh, the opportunity for a who has the best election map um, competition. I think is is going to be hotting up. Yeah, well, there'll be a few because the uh, the television stations will have them, and as well as the the, the newspaper papers. Yep, newspaper papers. Yeah, um, uh, and so, but if you found a good election map, we'd like to hear from you. Oh, definitely. Um, uh, the bar was set reasonably high with the with the US election. Um, I'm Would you not say the the UK maps were actually better than the US election maps? Oh, probably. Yeah, no, that's true. Actually, I hadn't thought about it like that. Um, there's some good stuff out by the Telegraph and yes, and the Guardian actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That um, we're trying to represent the population without warping it by geography or geographic size. Yep. So yeah, yeah. So we'll we wait to see what uh, what happens there. Right. Shall we have a game of export ship file? Uh, we shall. Um, I'll just uh, close the music out. Just taking time. There we go. It's fading away. Um, are you ready, Mark? Yes. Feeling confident? No. Okay, let's begin. Export to shapefile. So this is a game where we try and navigate around the ArcGIS toolbox, uh, trying to corner the other person into not being able to make a move. Yes, um, very and popular I've... with the Ares Reset, of course. Um, yeah, I wonder if there's an equivalent in other uh, mapping software. I imagine, well not just mapping, I imagine FME has to have something similar, oh, doesn't it? That just sounds painful though. I mean, saying FME does too much to try and memorise that one. There's a connector yeah, for everything. Okay. Yeah. Well, hey, there's well over, I don't know, I'm trying to think, there's there's probably about a thousand, if you take into the different versions and all that kind of stuff, there's probably a, a thousand odd geoprocessing tools that you have to remember. It probably is. Mm. Which is why we always play the 9.3 standard rules. <laughs> 10.5, far too difficult for us. We should try it sometime. Uh, we should, or, or move to pro. Mm. Mm. Okay, Alright, your uh, serve, I think. My serve, yes. Right. <laughs> That's a strong start. No, you just, I'm just getting into the mood, just getting into the mood. Uh, oh, come on. Pick a tool, any tool. Space Analyst, I'm going to start there, I like it. Um, segment Mean Shift. Segment Mean Shift. Nice. Ever used that, Mark? No. Yeah. Uh, Alright, you've gone Special Analyst, I will jump to 3D Analyst, Sun Shadow Volume. Ever used that one, Chris? Um, I don't believe I have, no. But but would be handy, I imagine, in Geodesign. Do you know, um, true story, this is how this game is. It's not just fun, which it is, of course. It's also educational. Um, There was a a query on the Facebook page, um, the New Zealand Geeks Facebook page today, around um, being able to trace uh, a raindrop flow. And I was going, I I remember doing that. Uh, Oh, of course, I used the cross path tool. And it was because of this game that I remembered that so easily. (laughs) Anyway, sorry. Uh, what did you say again? The, it was Sun Shadow, wasn't it? Yes, uh, three Sun Shadow eyes. volume. Yeah. Um, fuzzy membership is a funny tool. Um, also have a special analyst. Yeah, fuzzy membership. Yeah, you know, fuzzy, fuzzy membership. Okay. Transforms uh, rasters in, in different scales and strengths. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, flip. 
Oh, short and sweet. Mm. Um, actually, that's quite a nice move. Uh, transfer attributes. Ooh. Okay, then dice. Ooh. Also from data management. My goodness, are you you're pushing right. I'm gonna I'm gonna try and nudge you out of there. Um, sort. Wow, that's a short, fast. Okay, register raster. Oh, we're all playing in data management. I was going to say you weren't you weren't threatened by sort. I'll try uh, make table view. That should. Where are you hoping to push with that one? Well, I'm trying to get you out of data management. Data management is. Are, you, big are you worried about a redland slam? I, I am. Like last time. Yeah. Slammed you good. Um. Update annotation feature class. Oh, that's, uh, that's your third, mission. isn't it? I think it's my fourth. No, third. Is it? No, it's my fourth. But it isn't actually a written slam. No. Um, rest, it's multipoint. Nice. Extract by polygon. Uh, change terrain reference scale. Ooh. Change terrain reference scale. Okay. I'll go to focal statistics, spatial analyst. Oh, neighborhood toolset. Not at all. I've used a lot. No. Um, that's the frustrating thing about this game is you don't need to use a tool to uh, actually make things quite hard. Um, I'm going to export shapefile. <laughs> that's two in a row, Mark. It is. Um, it seems to be. Pushing you down the raster route. Mm. I mean, yeah, I'm not going to say I'm, I'm good at raster. Um, but yeah, when someone goes raster on you, it's hard to come back. It's never been my favourite kind of area of work. I've always been a little bit more vectory than rastery, if you know what I mean. Yeah, definitely. Mm. No, I'm, a, I'm a little disappointed in myself, maybe, Mark. I don't think you played badly. Well, yeah, but. I just every time I lose to you, it just to, you know, <laughs> it's still a little sad. Uh, okay then. <laughs> well, right. uh, that's it, Mark. That's it. It is. That's enough for this week. Uh, um, next week, um, election next maps, week. hopefully, maybe. No, there won't be election maps because there won't be any election data no, of released yeah. yet. Yeah. Um, maybe some tax maps. Could be. Yeah. Oh, that'd be nice. I was actually thinking of that. How much tax would you pay by region? Or how much is tax increase or decrease going to affect you? Well, man, I'm in Auckland, so I'm going to get screwed. Well, kind of, but you're not paying the rural tax. No, but I'll be paying more petrol tax. You will be. Yeah. And you can guarantee congestion charging will be coming soon. I think that's going to happen anyway, regardless of government. Something's mm. got to happen. Yeah, I just like to point around the world where 
neither congestion charging or fuel tax is actually or capital gains has actually reduced the rate of uh, traffic or costs oh, it's had a little bit of an effect in london yes you only get run over by jags and audis yeah, yeah. <laughs> so if you get run over at least you know you've been run over by a bit of class <laughs> yeah um yeah fair enough uh see you cool Mark. great and uh Oh, goodbye. <laughs> I, I was just uh, trying to remember goodbye in Japanese and it's forgotten. Right. Should we just go before anybody knows? Sayonara. There you oh, go. Oh, nice. <laughs>